0: This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance.
1: Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR.
0: Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor.
2: RV
0: flatlining! Well, that sounds like the job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty the insurance company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.
2: How's it going, listeners? My name's Omar. This is Friday Night Live post-recording. Hope you guys are doing well. This is a weekly show, 8pm every Friday, Tune in live on our YouTube channel, our Twitter podcast feed and also on Facebook if you want to get involved in the conversation. We really enjoy doing the interactions and we hope you guys enjoy the post-recording just as much. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Sunday with a post-match review of our FA Cup 4th round tie game against Bristol City. Come on you Lions. Hello, welcome to Friday Night Live, Friday Night Live with That Meal Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Today, with me as always, my regular co-host, we've got Mickey with me. How you doing, mate?
1: Not too bad, fella. Not too bad at all. You?
2: Not too bad, thank you, mate. And we've also, of course, show regular Neil Fizzler. Hey, mate, you right? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not
3: too bad.
2: Thanks for joining us. I think today is just going to be us three. Uh, Evening to everyone in the chat. Be sure to put your comments in there. Big up Jerry Skellett from James Chivers. Thanks, James. I know you're watching now, mate. (laughs) Um, Evening to Alex Jackson. Hope you're doing well, mate. Thanks for joining us. And likewise to Matt MFC. So anyone in the chat, be sure to say hello. Same, obviously, with Kevin Porter earlier on Facebook. So, yeah, we're live. As always, our third edition today, we'll be talking various topics. Of course, Saturday's game tomorrow at home to Bristol City in the FA Cup fourth round. We'll also be talking about some transfer news that broke earlier today. I think it was a Birmingham City player that we've been linked with and apparently is almost a deal done. We've also got a bit of a debate, some hot topics to talk about, but we'll get onto that in a bit, including, obviously, what's a mill-type player. So, yeah, Neil, you weren't on the show the other day, mate, so I thought we could come to you and talk about, you know, a Wednesday night's game against Huddersfield and a uh, nice win at the time for us and a much-needed three points.
3: Yeah, scandalously overlooked the other night. Uh, It wasn't a great performance, was it? Pretty bitty, pretty messy. But I guess at the end of the day, after the run we've been on, the most important thing, and especially after last Saturday, was we got three points and it didn't really matter how we got them. Uh, We needed the win. And we just went and did what we had to do. A pretty disappointed As a game, I think, we didn't, after we scored, we didn't look too much like scoring again, I don't think. But most importantly, we didn't actually look like conceding, did we? I think others' field were poor, weren't they? Absolutely awful. And you felt comfortable throughout. I thought it was a soft penalty that we gave away. I think we should have had one if they disallowed uh, the second half goal, I think it was Ryan Leonard, was it? Uh, I think if that goal was disallowed, well, we should have had a penalty for a foul on Scott Malone as the ball came across. Uh, soft as anything, but hey, we went up there and we won. And uh, suddenly we're not talking about sacking Gary Rowett, which I don't think was ever going to happen because we're looking to sign players and we, I can't see us being the club we are. Uh, looking to sign players when we're going to sack the manager, basically. So, that's relieved a little bit of pressure on him.
2: Yeah, I agree, mate. I think, obviously, a much-needed win, and I think, you know, fair play to Rowley at the time. I think we spoke about it the other night, but, you know, he, 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 we're strange uh, team selection, you could say, Neil, it was, you know, four midfielders on the park. What did you make of Ryan Leonard playing centre-half? I thought he had a blind over the game at the time.
3: Mate, I think he needed to do something after Alex Pierce. I think we did a show last Saturday night last Sunday morning didn't we where Pierce uh Nottingham Forest was an accident waiting to happen wasn't he so he liked his free at the back Murray Wallace is injured so he has to look at options I know he's got Sean Williams played there when he played for MK Dons which was a long time ago so if he wants to play that formation, he either has to sign someone, which hopefully he will, or he or he thinks outside of the box. And he thought outside the box. And to be honest, it, <laughs> yeah, but it worked fairly well, didn't it? But I think it was aided by the fact they were pretty poor in attack. We didn't have an awful lot to do, did we? It was only the last five or 10 minutes that, that you were remotely worried. But... But they didn't pose any threat at all. So I think it was quite comfortable,
2: honestly, B R playing that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, we were quite lucky in the sense that they weren't up to the standards, maybe you could say, on on Wednesday night at Huddersfield. Obviously, they've turned us over 3-0 earlier in the season, Mickey. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, going into Saturday's game now, obviously, it's a quite an important cup game, I feel like. And I know how you feel about the cup games, Mickey. Looking forward to it on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think we'll be all right, mate. I think, um, I think... We we'll go there with a bit of confidence. A few of the players doing all right, so um, they've obviously got some confidence on them. Uh, hopefully, their kit got cleaned um, because that was proper filthy on it on, uh, on Wednesday mm. night. But no, all good. I'm looking forward to. it. I think it'll be. Um, it'll be all right.
2: I think uh, an interesting one for me from Mick M on YouTube. Who would have predicted that lineup against Huddersfield? And it's true. You know, you've got to hopefully say, like, fair play to the manager, Gary for kind of chopping and changing. And in a sense, he, he stuck to his guns. I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure from us as fans. You know, we done a poll the other day where we said, what formation would you like to see us play? And whilst up have the numbers to hand, I think playing 5-3-2 or whatever the formation he decides to play... Um, I think he got less than 10% of votes from the fans. And I think, obviously, he's the manager. He, he went with his gut. And I think credit where it's due in that sense. You know, he he kind of stuck by his guns and thought, I'm going to play my formation despite the pressure. And I think it paid off in the end, Neil, don't you reckon?
3: Yeah, no, it did. He's Obviously, this is his favoured formation. It's not my favoured formation. I think we've argued about it and debated it so many times. I'm a four four two man, although I think you can... Try various things. I'd quite like to see us maybe not B four four two, but maybe play a diamond in midfield or something like that. But this is what Gary wants to play. So if he wants to play it, I think we've got to get behind him. And uh, I think he needs the resources to be able to play that. That's the only thing that worries me slightly. If if, if the same others fielder turned up. On Wednesday night, that we played at the Den earlier in the season, would Ryan Leonard have been that comfortable there? Would it have been that kind of performance, or would he have panicked a little bit more? He's no. quite like to see them under a bit of pressure, just to see how they perform under that pressure. Do you know what I mean?
2: Absolutely, um, I think. The stats on the formation sorry to interrupt you there. I think uh, we had over 700 votes on our poll there, which we obviously appreciate. And if you haven't already, check us out on Twitter. We do put polls out and all sorts of topical subjects out on there. But I've done 442, 523, and 433 and an other to comment below. We didn't get any serious comments on there, but um, we have got 442 to get 55% of the vote, 523 with 7% of the vote, and I think 433 had 34% of the vote. And I mean, Like I said, it was, you know, I think a lot of pressure at the time. and When we saw the team, a lot of people were kind of sceptical about it. But ultimately, we've got the three points and we go into the next game with the idea that we can hopefully try and progress in the Cup. I think, Mickey, you spoke about on the show the other day and you've mentioned it a couple of times. The FA Cup, it means more than just what it is this year. It's financially as well. It helps us out, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, if we win Saturday, it's 90 grand. And 90 grand to Millwall at this current time um, is a lot of money. And you know you don't get nothing for losing now you did last round you got 20 grand or so uh, but now you get nothing so it's win or bust um as much as i agree with you the league is very important but i think this year i think all competitions are important because um because of covid and the financial constraints on the club they need all the money they can get um, and if you can get a half decent cut run and hopefully it doesn't harm um, doesn't harm your your league chances then it's a win-win for everybody
2: Absolutely. I think just picking pick it up on some of the comments we've got on here, um, we've mentioned here, the boy is gone. What does that mean for Junior and Hayden then? I assume Junior, Tienselle and Hayden Muller. Junior now getting a chance to cover Ferguson and Murray, not getting a chance to worry, and the with Muller being stuck behind Pierce and now Leonard, who's the mid. I, I imagine Rowett's kind of weighed it up, and I, I don't think he's really... Obviously, he's given Billy Mitchell an opportunity, so I guess if they're good enough in his eyes, they will play. Maybe in this case, he doesn't think Tienzel and uh, Muller are quite ready to play at the moment. I think obviously with the cup window here, so to speak, and a, a cup game, maybe it's an opportunity for a couple of them to be involved. And we've called for it. We saw Tyler Bury the last round. I don't know who we might see this weekend. I think Bury played on Monday for the reserves, so maybe it might be a chance, Vicky, to play a couple of these youngsters and give them an opportunity to play.
1: Yeah, possibly. Um, I think there'd be. I think it'd be crazy if he didn't give them a, a couple, especially with what he put in the papers. What today, yesterday, with the. Um, He wants to start creating competition for places, um, get people fighting against each other for the places, which is only a win-win for everybody um, if you do that. Because then at least with the amount of games coming up, you've got rotation and at least you've got players who can play um, in those positions and give their heart and soul because obviously they want to get the next game after it.
2: I think an uh, interesting topic that Adam Reg is here is hopefully low moves for the both of them, get them out playing regular football. I mean, Neil, that probably would be an option, do you think? Or maybe obviously with COVID and injuries and, you know, all sorts of potentials, maybe we need to keep these youngsters in and around the squad for the rest of the season for at least that kind of opportunity in case it arises to them.
1: Well,
3: I think if he was going to play them, he'd have played them by now. And I disagree with what Mickey said. I think tomorrow you'll see the same sort of side that he put out against Orem Wood. And the players that didn't play the other night, obviously, you've got Kenza Hall, you've got Troy Parrott, you've got people like that. Mason Bennett's not played for two or three weeks, has he? He hasn't started. So I can't see them getting a game, to be honest. I really can't. And if they're not in our plans, the National League has just uh suspended doesn't it i think is that that pause today for a couple of weeks
1: yeah for two um, weeks
3: so it depends on where they're looking to to potentially loan them out to if they're looking to to loan them out to the national league is that going to go along for much longer if crowds aren't allowed in and i know that, that there are that there's quite a lot of clubs that are a lot of games behind in that league Mm-hmm. So is that situation going to change? So or or will he say look at a latent Orient or somebody in division four or division league two or whatever it's called these days? Uh, so you you never know is the easy answer,
2: potentially, but potentially not. Depends on where he sees them going. I imagine he definitely has an eye on Watford on Tuesday next week, which obviously could be a huge game for us, especially going back to league action. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people agree with us. You know, like why are they not even get lined out, given the opportunity. But I think it's obviously, I feel like in the scenario here, you know, Adams put it here that he wants to keep them around and see if they see them in and around the first team. I suppose the problem is that is training, but then you might not ever kind of see them in the game scenario, which might be a different scenario at that time. But it's hard to say. I think. I will move on to Bristol City. I mean, I've I've done some stats digging and with the help of Neil as well here. We've only played them once in the FA Cup, haven't we, Neil? I think it was um, in 1997 and Sean Taylor scored the winner for Bristol City, who were at home at the time. And I think you said Mark Bertram got sent off that day, didn't you? And he also came as a sub. Yeah,
3: I was... Yeah, when you just chucked it upon me about 20 minutes ago, I had a look to see just to get some details on the game. And I saw that Birch got sent off. I think they beat us four times that season, twice in the league, once in the FA Cup and once in the football league trophy. If it was the, Yemen, whatever guys it was, the auto windscreen shields or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: No, I think also I saw in here, we played them obviously the last nine times. We've only lost once to Bristol City. So there's some omens there for us, hopefully. And maybe we can take that into Saturday's game. I think, you know, getting the win over them a couple of weeks ago or a month ago now in December will hopefully put us in good stead. Obviously, the winner from tomorrow's game, if we do proceed, will be either Plymouth Argyle or Sheffield United, which could obviously be a potential good cup game. We'll have to see. You're shaking your head there, Neil, no? It's an absolute
3: headache because I live in Plymouth. How am I <laughs> going to get into to see that game? <laughs> yeah, I want somebody to cover it for free. I'm
2: I'm sure you can uh, freelance out to someone maybe and try and get yourself into the stadium. But yeah, no. Some more t- topics that have been mentioned in the chat. We will get on to. I think firstly, actually, what I'll say is, uh, Stu we will be talking about the transfer news in a moment. I, th- I think we'll be on to that just shortly after this game. But I'll tell you what. We'll come to it now. We've been linked with, supposedly, according to Richard Cowley online, we're in talks with Burnley City over a permanent deal for a. Dutch player, Michael Kieffdenbeld is my pronunciation of that. I mean, I think that's probably going to be the best I'm going to get out of it. I don't know if I'll do better than the other two. I know I'll definitely do better than Mickey when it comes to pronouncing that name. But yeah, I mean, he's out of contract in the summer. He's 30 years old. He's played 183 games and scored six goals for them from midfield. Former Dutch under 21. I think, you know, it's obviously he's, we wanted to prioritise the midfield and try to improve that. But what's your thoughts, Mickey, obviously being linked with someone that's not necessarily young. He's not a spring chicken, but he's 30 years old, playing the championship for the last five years. And it looks like he's played a lot of games.
1: I just like the way that Richard's thrown in there. Former under under 21, you know, mm-hmm. Holland under 21. Fuck me, he must have played fucking football, what, 10 years ago for Holland? So, you know, it's it's like that, isn't it? Oh one. I won gold medal in a three legged race at school in a sack race. It, it means nothing. It, it was a long time ago, and it is. But uh, contrary to thing, I think the um, Gary's been after this fella for a while. Um, I think he tried to get him at Derby. We were speaking about earlier. I think he's tried to get him before here. Someone was saying uh, outside of here I was speaking to. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know if he's the type of player we really need at the minute. Um, do we really need that sort of player? But you know, Gary and and alike are getting him for some reason. They obviously know something what we don't, and the proof's in the pudding. Until we see him play uh, with a Millwall shirt on, if if it comes, um, then uh, you know we're no more. Then, but something's definitely happening. There was a lot going on today at the training ground. Um, something's happening. So I think over today, tomorrow, or the weekend. I think we're we're looking at possible transfer. News,
2: we'll have to wait and see. I think, um, I agree with you. You know, do we need exactly his type of player? But from what I've read online, and I think Adam summed up here as well, actually, saying, you know, Birmingham fans seem upset he's leaving them, so guessing that's a good sign. I think that's normally a good indication, especially obviously being in the championship. Apparently, he's been their best player this season. A, f- a friend of mine told me, and um, I think he's got he lives in the area, but he's obviously said that you know, Birmingham fans rave about him, so it, it could be a good thing. I mean, the problem is is what James Chivers has actually said here. It's another signing of Gary Rowick's mates. I'm not sure they're mates, but, you know, it seems that Gary Rowick, although it's 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 obvious, you know, the signings he's made, Scott Malone, Mason Bennett, uh, Ryan Woods, Neil, these are players that he's he's worked with in the past and maybe he needs to broaden it a bit more, but I suppose if the opportunity is there to sign a player that's out of contract in the summer and is raised about Birmingham, then maybe we shouldn't refuse that opportunity.
3: Mate, he was... He he actually signed him for Birmingham City, so it doesn't surprise me. I think the modern football manager, they like working with players that they've worked with previously. I think it's just the way that football's evolved now. I think you get the likes of his work with... Ryan Woods before, so he bought him in. He's worked with Bennett. He obviously I think he probably worked with Alex Pierce, didn't he? And things like that. So they like a comfortable squad, I guess, and to and to actually work with players that they've worked with before. For me, I really hope this signing works out because the Woods one hasn't, really, is it? So So the jury's out on whether or not this thing works, working with players that you've worked with before. So he's obviously well known to him. He's well known to the new head of recruitment who came from Birmingham City. If Birmingham are upset that we're taking a player off them, that's a good sign. Uh, He's obviously you don't play under an games in this league over four or five seasons by accident. Mm-hmm. He's obviously quite a good player. He's quite an experienced player. Oh yeah. Well, have we got one eye on this season and next season, maybe in replacing Sean Williams as that experienced midfielder? Do we need him? Jury's out. I think, I think Ben Thompson deserves a little run of games after the way that he played the other night. I think he he didn't do himself any harm at all.
2: So, yeah. I agree with you. I think um, Thompson's going to be an interesting one. I think a lot of people have um, agreed with what you've said there. You know, the new crew came from Birmingham. So it is, a, you know, a, a, not a surprising sight, really, to see a sign in a player that either came from Birmingham or Derby or Stoke. But, I suppose, in a sense, if, like I was saying, you know, the plaudits are there for him. I can't pretend to have seen him play before, and I don't even really think he stood out when we played Birmingham before in the past. So I can't pretend to say he's a good player. He's scored six goals, so he's not obviously a goal-scoring midfielder in 183 games with Birmingham, but I suppose a lot of people are saying this, and I think it was Danny Stroud on Facebook, which I had up a couple of times, if we get the Brum player, I'd like to see us play four three two one. might release Woods a bit further forwards. Now... I think I saw someone tweet during the week a video of Ryan Woods scoring a goal where he's re- legged it down the pitch and I think he tucks it away for Brentford. So maybe it could be an option that, you know, if he does the sitting option instead to this new player, if he comes in and allows Woods to kind of not necessarily bomb forward, because I don't think he's the fastest player in the side, but maybe, uh, Mickey, I know you're not Ryan Woods' greatest fan, but maybe playing further forward might be a better option to have for Ryan Woods.
1: No, I think, yeah, possibly. I mean, he he was alright on, you know, on Wednesday. He weren't he weren't the best, but he weren't shit like he normally is. But he, he you know, we I gave him some um praise on Wednesday night when we done the show and, and he, I think that's just what he needs. He needs half decent players around him so that he can play, you know, forward, have a bit of time on the ball and actually see where he needs to stick it. Because once he once he sticks his boot on it, boot on it. He can get it to a player without a problem. It's just it's just that if he has to run through a couple of players, that's where he becomes unstuck some of the time. Um but anything what, what can make him play better than great. I mean, going back to what you were saying just a minute ago, I think it's just like Neil said, it's the way football is now. You need to you need to hit the ground running. Um unfortunately you don't get a lot of time in management now. Uh, especially if results don't go against if results go against you. So, if you've got a team of players, you know how they play, how you can manage them, and everything else already it makes sense to bring those sort of players in uh, and just hope that they uh, they don't let you down and go forward.
2: No, I have to agree. I think a lot of people said the similar sort of thing. He looks a proper player, apparently, according to Matt MFC here. Looks a proper player, solid holding mid, maybe gives Woods the license to play forward again. Something we we'll have to watch out for. David Taylor's come in with a comment on Woods here. Is not it's not in the team, is better for us. And the team, he's a luxury player, not a Millwall player. I think that's um brought me on neatly to a subject that we want to talk about today. We've done a poll online, but also it's something that has been hotly contested in the last couple of shows. I'll ask Neil, maybe. I know you're going for a drink there, so I'll give you a second, Neil. But if I was to ask you, what's a Millwall type player, Neil? I mean, it's something that I think I've had it heard in a couple of podcasts that I've listened to as well. I mentioned Axel Millwall, Nick's podcast. He's also referred to a mill type player. And it's like I, I spoke about a few times before. What's a middle-type player, Neil? God
3: almighty.
2: To you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't have to be factually I'm, right I'm, here. See, so this is what I think, right? I'll tell you what I think first, mate. maybe. I think a middle-type player is someone that you associate with as a fan. It doesn't necessarily have to be a player that works hard and doesn't have any skill. If I think a middle-type player is, I'd say Neil Harris is a middle-type player and he's an all-time leading goal scorer. I'd equally say Jimmy Abdu is a Mill-type player. And he's on my wall over there, his shirt, because he's a legend. But admittedly, yes, he didn't have, you know, a lot of skill, bless him. But he'd done the basic things right. Ben Thompson's a Mill-type player. He's a mill war boy. But I also think Ben Thompson's got a bit about him that he doesn't get given credit for. But you could also say Stephen Brees a Mill-type player. David Ford was a Mill-type player. He's a goalkeeper. How do you say he doesn't have skill? Like, I think it's a lot of it is... It's it's the stigma of the mule type player that a lot of people want to move away from. But I feel like as fans, if we're especially at the games in the crowd, if we don't have players on there, especially when shit's going against us, like it has been the last fifteen games, if you have no one out there that you can identify with, things will turn even quicker than what we're used to in the past. I think you know, I think to me, a mule type player is someone I identify with as a fan. That if I was them and I was wearing the shirt, I'd play that way. And it doesn't, and I don't think skill comes into it. I have to say it. What do you think, uh, Neil?
3: To me, a Millwall-type player is a player that tries 100% week in, week out. That is all we expect as a Millwall fan, I think. I think I'm right in saying, unless I've forgotten what it's like to be a Millwall fan. Uh, Just somebody who tries, just somebody who... Who he might not necessarily be the best, yeah, the most skillful player, but as long as you can see him putting in some kind of effort, Liam Trotter, we could have all kinds of arguments about this. I think that Liam Trotter was a good player, but he wasn't a Millwall player, yeah, because of that languid running style. It didn't, he didn't appear to be doing stuff. I think as a Millwall player you've the oh, sorry as a millwall type player you've got to be seen to be trying even if you even if you can't do it very well. I think Alan Dunn springs to mind. Probably not the most technically gifted player but was somebody you tried week in, week out, Jimmy Abdu. Not the most technically gifted player, but Christ could that boy run and break up play and do stuff. I think it's just somebody who's a trier and has maybe got a bit of personality about them. And Ryan Woods, I don't think he is a Millwall player. Everybody type of player, everybody tells me, give Ryan Woods a chance, give Ryan Woods a chance. These are friends that support Brentford and Stoke and things like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're not using Ryan Woods. In fact, well, we know we're not using Ryan Woods to the best of his ability so maybe that's because he looks shit yeah but a Millwall player to me is just somebody who tries 100% isn't the most technically gifted player uh good with a two-footed tackle helps yeah as hard as nails and it seems as if this guy, from what I was reading, this Birmingham guy, I can't even remember his name. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Otherwise, we'll have another Gary Rowell at the moment, Mick, won't we? Uh, and he might be what we're looking for. Uh, just somebody who gets
2: a foot in, and I don't know. we we'll have to, that, yeah, that I mean, he's a Millwall type player. We also put this out on Twitter, um, and I'll wait to read a few of them before I come to you, Mickey. But there's a few various different types. So if you haven't checked our podcast, at that Mill pods, and we've just done a little question out there, and we've got quite a good uh, few responses on here. And I think the common denominator, I've got one for here, James Gibbons, effort, never say die attitude, leader, not afraid to tell teammates when they're not pulling their weight, influential in the game, gets stuck in, and does the less g- glamorous bits. Maybe that's what it is there, you know. It's not so much they, they're not able to do the less glamorous bits i mean they're not able to do the skillful bits they could still probably do uh, have talent about them but it's also being able to do the smart work and i think you know it, it's not necessarily i think a lot of people here and this is a quite a common view that i've seen and this is danny stroud here i think we should really get far away from this type player nonsense the game has moved on you need pace power and technical ability the championships have any success the boy says ultimately then is a type player as I isn't it's bollocks we won't go anywhere with middle type players when we finished 21st under Harris they were all middle type players well I wouldn't say all of them players were middle type players firstly I think of Ben Marshall you know I don't think he was a middle type player you know I think of James Meredith I think of Tom Elliott I wouldn't say they're middle type players I would say Steve Morrison was one which is what John London's commented here Mickey but maybe a, a middle type player is is I think we need them we do if you hear um when we won League One in 2010 and obviously Mike Calvin's book, which we've spoke about before and on a show about in the past, Mickey. We had quality players on that side. Danny Schofield was a proper good winger. And yeah, but we also had the likes of Alan Dunn, Paul Robinson, David Ford, that kind of kept players in line. Do you know what I mean? So maybe a middle type player is needed, but not the full squad, which I can get behind. Because I don't think I should have a team of Jimmy Abdu's, for example. But what's a middle type player to you, Mickey?
1: Someone who gives 120% fucking wants to win a game and don't pull out of tackles, leaves everything he's got on the pitch and runs like fucking mad and and, and just goes through people for the love of the badge. It, I don't even think it's about a Millwall thing. I don't even think it's about a Millwall player. What I think it is, is about you're paid by someone to do a job. As long as you've got that badge on your fucking, over your chest, on your heart side, you basically play your nuts out regardless if you're Millwall, Barcelona, whoever. If you're not playing your heart out, then realistically you're just taking money and, and that's it. I think it's not all about skill. It's not all about this. It's about doing a job. And if you can do that job to the best of your ability, then that's when we get the results. You know, you look at Ben Thompson. Ben Thompson's a Millwall player through and through. He's a Millwall fan. He understands Millwall. He understands the mentality. He understands the mentality of the fan base. He understands everything that goes with it. And he knows that when he's out there, he's like a little terrier. chasing down everything, making sure, run, 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 run. You know, someone's put in the comments um, that, you know, Jimmy was just a, a terrible average player. He was an average player. But you know what? When we needed him, he'd pop up. Wigan, Leeds, et cetera. He'd just suddenly appear and do things what changed the game, what helped the game go. And that's what it's all about. It's about, you know, it's a team of individuals who can actually gel as a team. Individually, they might be shit. But you know what? When they're playing as at 11, they're fucking solid. Uh, And I think that's what it's all about.
2: I think think a perfect scenario I can think of in my head right now is Wednesday night, right? We're playing away Mm. at Huddersfield. Huddersfield haven't turned up, really. Neither have we, to be honest with you. It wasn't a good football game. But we got over the line thanks to some of the players in that side that were grafting for us, you could say. Ben Thompson, Sean Williams, they all came in. Danny McNamara at right ring back, Leonard playing in centre half, you know, these players came into the side on Wednesday and just worked their heart out because we had to and I think it's an interesting topic here because I think this is um, an interesting point, where was it that I saw, so Danny, David Taylor here replying to Danny Stroud's comment about the middle type player nonsense saying that's why we won't be in the championship for long if if we play that way, so he was mentioning obviously we need to get away from the middle type player, but then David Taylor's argument is if we don't have the middle-type player in the squads or a hard-working player or the ethics, someone to set the standards, maybe we don't have, you know, we, we don't have the mentality to see out games for like Wednesday night, for example. Go on, Mickey.
1: I think um, the boy, um Elliot. Elliot, I to me, was a middle-type player. He put his head in. He would put his head in some of the most dangerous oppositions.
2: I didn't think so. I didn't
1: I, think so. I think he did. The problem is with him is that he didn't have, he, you know, I mean, he had the touch of a rapist, really. He, he he couldn't he couldn't do the final bit, you know, and there was a couple of times where, you know, the height of him and he got his head in and, and knocked the ball forward to a degree for us, but he just didn't, he, he wasn't skillful with the ball on the floor. But he, he put his heart and soul into it. I mean, I would have loved for Elliot to just you know, come good every week. I mean, you know, Nick, hello Nick, if you're listening, second mention of the show, Um, actual Millwall fame. Um, I used to sit there with him in block one and tell him every week, you know, Elliot's going to do something for us. Elliot's going to come and fire. Elliot's going to do something. Cause I really thought he was, you know, he, he had something about him, but he just, unfortunately it never turned up. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. I agree with double boy. I think, you know, he was a, um, you know, he probably wasn't the greatest Millwall player, you know, Millwall type of player, but, he definitely had something about him
2: matt mfc here i think a meal type player is to do with the mentality not skill you Fully can still agree. be gifted and have the middle attitude and i think that's something i get behind here mm. um i think danny shitter is a comment from john london saying that was a middle type player i think yeah well he, he did epitomize i think you know that's what we do being middle captain and stepping up in big games like not necessarily you know, and I think if, a comment here we got from the boy saying about Norwich City. I'd argue without Grant Hindley and Ben Gibson in the rock of their centre-half, you know, without them two players, maybe, they might not be able to grind out the wins that they've been able to do. And Jordan Hugo up front, he works hard for them as well. And I don't think he's necessarily, like, the middle-type player isn't unique to us. I think, you know, we just put a tag on it. But I think you need a mix and match of a few different types of players. Obviously, we can't, like I said, have a team of middle-type players. But I think without any middle-type player in the squad at all, you find ultimately, if you think about the teams that got relegated under us as well, in Holloway's side, they got relegated. You know, Paul Robinson left the summer before. David before was starting to kind of dwindle away. Maybe Neil, like, you know, it's just got to be a fine balance, maybe, and have a bit of both, I suppose.
3: I disagree with Mickey. I think that Tom Elliott was never a championship player. If he was reincarnated four times, he still wouldn't be a championship player. <laughs> and he moved to Salford. Where he can't get a game, yeah. He he was never a Millwall type player. He was useless, yeah, in every way, shape, or form, yeah. And the reason that Norwich are seven points clear is because they've got a better quality of player than everyone else. They've got that lad. Is it Max Aaron's the fullback, the one that embarrassingly dived the other night? Yep. They've got they've got a better quality of player, but they might have a better quality of...
0: New message.
1: Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. Oh, and your
0: email signature said, Confidential, if you receive this in error, please delete. That's <laughs> so you. Anyway,
1: I heard you bought a boat. When are we setting sail, Captain? <laughs>
0: when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year.
1: Oh, Anna, no, you did not receive this message in error.
0: <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.
1: Paul-type player, who knows? <laughs> yeah? Tom Elliott put his head in when he needed to. The amount of times that poor fucker nearly got kicked in the head, he put it in. Listen, listen. I sat there and listened to you, so don't talk over me, right? <laughs> Paul uh, Elliott, yeah, was... was a, a, a player what had no fear of going into the head for the benefit of the team and wearing the badge. And that makes him a Millwall type player because it's about mentality. It's not about your skill because over the years we've had some real shit players, but you know what? They play for the badge and they, you know, they'd snap their legs off to play for the badge. And I agree with what some of the comments are. It is about mentality rather than skill, but I agree with, you know, a couple of the others as well saying that you can't have a team full of them. If you have a team full of them, then you get into trouble. But you you need a good four or five. You know, like when we talked about um the family were from what two thousand nine, ten, you know, the um you had the um thingy seven. Um and there was a group of players who knew everything. They knew the mentality. There was Millwall fans there. They, were, they knew everything to do with how the fans expected you to play, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what it is. And the reason Norwich is top is because they were shit for the Premiership, but they're slightly too good for the Championship. So, you know, they're going to go back up and come back down again. So, you know, it is what it is. Norwich
2: City can also afford to pay 30, 40, 50 grand a week to players in the Championships, which yeah. is something what Nick McNeil was saying there about quality, which yeah. something we can't afford to have in our Wayne's Wayne's knocked it right on the head there. Stick Wayne up. There we We go. We definitely need a spine of governors in the side with a handful of the quality players. It's about getting the right mix. That's
1: it. Spot on. I
2: agree. I agree. I think that's it. And I think we've spoken about this too much now, so we do need to probably move on from it because even I'm getting a bit sick and tired of talking about it. But I do think, like, if you don't have players that you can identify with, you know, we're quick to get on the back of players. And I think that's it. Like, we mentioned uh, Birmingham at home, how many years ago that was? Ten years ago, nearly we lost 6-0. But, you know, the players still got applauded off because you just saw effort and commitment there. And it's like backs against the wall. And I'm like, it's not necessarily something we need, you know, a team of. But I think, you know, what we've said here, I think it hits a nail on the head. I think the boys mentioned a good one, actually. Whilst I'm not Tom his biggest fan, because ultimately I saw the lack of quality he had about him. I'm, I, I think that's a fact. And I think everyone could see that. But remember when he broke his nose away at Ipswich and two-footed Bart to score the winner when we won 3-2? That was away from home. Yeah, I remember that one. I think... That, you know, that's probably one of his high moments, including the one obviously that leads away, which we tweeted about the other day when we won four three. He got the important third goal at the time, didn't he? So um to finish off on the Mule player, then we'll talk about it. I think one quick thing here. David Taylor, John Daddy Boy is no way a mule player. Do you agree? I think we all three of us agree to that, Neil. Is John Daddy Boyfarton a mule player? Oh,
3: am I not no. like over oh, Mickey? I saw that Mickey was shaking his head
2: there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you the Can we can um, you two prima donnas sort this out after the show? Oh, is that right? He's not a millwall player, is he? He's not no, a millwall no. type player at no. all. And no, John, Adam oh,
3: here? Sorry, I he, think he's the kind of player we don't need. Because, I I yeah, what's he had one good game all season? The other night. Well, he was totally anonymous, wasn't he? Up front on his own. I think he I think he kidded to deceive us, was it in the game that we won recently? Well, where I think all three of us thought he had a good game. But no, he's definitely not a Millwall-type player and will never be a Millwall-type player. Tom Elliott is more of a Millwall-type player than John Daddy bavardson
2: I do feel sorry for our yeah. sometimes, playing for our side, when we're, especially when we're playing one up top. But ultimately, you do see, you know, by this point, we we, we know what he's about. And ultimately, I don't think he's going to be at our club beyond this season, I don't think, personally. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll talk about Adam. Mill play for me is someone that can get the crowd going be it by running their arse off, going and smashing someone and getting the ball, or just showing they care about the team and come full-time, they can give their all, say they gave their all. I think that's probably a fair way to end that one there. We'll talk back to Saturday's game, lads. I think we haven't actually spoke about what we'd say as our start 11. So that's obviously something for everyone in the comments below. Leave your start 11s for to tomorrow's game, who you'd expect to play. Would you make many changes from Wednesday night or would you want to keep it going? I think it's kind of catch 22. You know, obviously the prize money are getting through to the fourth uh, to the fifth round of the cup and obviously playing either Sheffield United or Plymouth. I'm going to go on a limb and say it's Sheffield United. No offense, still being down in Plymouth, and I'm sure you're rooting for them to do the job. But with that, you know, it could potentially be a TV game, more revenue there. But also, more importantly, we've only won once at home all season in the league. Now, maybe that is something that is not really important to be settled tomorrow, but. I think for confidence, I would play quite a strong side tomorrow, Mickey. I don't know what you're thinking is going into the game. I mean, we'll do 11 in a minute, but are you expecting many changes?
1: I think he'll play exactly the same as what he played on Wednesday Um, and keep the same players on the bench like he did. And then, you know, 60 minutes in, do a a swap like for like and just keep that that formation and those tactics going. Um, Maybe change and maybe bring you know, a couple of different, maybe bring a couple of strikers, possibly depending on the players. But I think what he did on Wednesday by by changing as much as we don't like substitutions like that, it made perfect sense because it just basically rejuvenated that middle of the park and just kept the pressure on. Um, and Huddersfield just couldn't cope with that.
2: Mute. Come on, Mickey, who starts in goal tomorrow for us?
1: <laughs> oh, but...
2: Yeah, not fit with yeah. him? No. No, okay. Neil, who are you I putting think... in goal?
3: Well, I got this right at Boreham Wood. I'd start fielding.
2: I think he'll play again, personally. I do think it'd be Frank fielding. Um, I,
3: think, I think he needs to play because if something happens to Bart, yeah, God help us if something does happen to Bart, yeah, we're fucked. Yeah, so you need to get fielding some games, although there will be a, a case maybe for Ryan Sanford to play. But I think playing him against Boreham Wood would have been a better idea. Yeah, personally. But I but I actually think he'll play Frank Fielding tomorrow. He needs to get him some games of football.
2: I would say Fielding again as well, I reckon. Uh, who makes up the defence? I think quickly, actually, before we get on to that, Adam saying Fielding and also Barry Edlin. So get your comments in, this, in this, uh, the comment section. Josh Bain saying start Parrot. I think we will see Parrot play tomorrow, but we'll get onto that in a minute. I'm sure he will get a game. But then again, he's you know had a run of games and didn't do much. So who makes up the defence, guys? I imagine we'll play about five because we played that against Bristol City at the end of last year. I imagine Alex Pierce will come back into the side, I'd say. Um, it could be an opportunity for Cooper to sit out and bring someone else in to play left side centre half, but I imagine Cooper will play. And then I'm going to go with Hayden Muller right centre half. I'm going to say it. And then my two wing backs, Marlon Romeo, right wing back, and Scott Malone, left wing back, or Shane Ferguson, maybe. I'll I'll go Ferguson. So what about yourself, Neil? Who do you reckon will be in the defence?
3: I agree with you with Marlon Romeo. Mm -hmm. But I think the last few games have shown that Danny McNamara is a much better outlet. For crossing the ball and getting forward and then doing something with it. Yeah, I don't think Hayden Muller will play, to be honest.
2: Okay.
3: I can't see him playing. Might he persist with Ryan Leonard there? Or might he decide to put Sean Williams there? And might he bring Pierce in after that game that Pierce had at Nottingham Forest? I'm not so sure. I want to see him in there. But is it a chance to rest Cooper? Because Cooper must be very, very close to the threshold for yellow cards. And I'd much rather get played in the league than in the cup. Because I think we had an argument about this on the podcast last week. I'm not bothered if we go out of the cup.
2: I think the amnesty with um, yellow cards has passed and Cooper actually doesn't actually get... He gets yellow cards, but he doesn't get that many. Obviously, he could have got sent off against uh, Boreham Wood in the last round. So, I don't know if it's different for the FA Cup if they have any more um, cut restrictions, so to speak, with bookings, but... your yeah, five has gone past, but if he goes up to 10, then that's a ban. So, on and Romeo, actually, before we... Uh... So, a lot of the back five, sorry, that people are saying. So, this was the boys, Romeo, Muller, Pearce, Cooper and Tiencia. That would be an interesting one if he got a game. Um barry edlin went with um danny mack cooper hutch and fergie i say that's a back four then in which case interesting one there and we've gone with pierce cooper danny mcnamara and ferguson here from james women another back four so maybe we'll do i would play a back four personally by the way but i think i'm just i just know what game out right is like and he's stubbornness but neil on marlon romeo i know obviously the other night he came as a sub and i thought he actually put a lot of shift in there for considering he's a player that's not played the last few games, could throw his toys out the pram. I think, you know, and also I've opened it to the floor, the comment section, but, you know, Romeo might be, you know, he might be gritting his teeth in here and actually getting into the fight with Daniel McNamara. And it's something that during the week, um, I think it was somewhere on the South London press where, you know, is saying, you know, I want the competition for places. And it's obviously healthy competition. I think, you know, it's not going to be all plain sailing. Obviously, McNamara's got a shirt at the moment, mate. But what do you think about that one? Well,
3: he's had a rocket up his ass, hasn't he? Yeah, but let's face it, before Danny McNamara came back from St Johnston, he was guaranteed to play week in, week out, unless he got sent off or injured. He was in there. So now he's got the motivation of trying to get that shirt back off Danny McNamara. And that can spur a player. You ask any player to be you know, to be a first team regular, then they get a kid back off loan and you're out of it. You start. It focuses the mind. No two ways about it. But as I said a minute ago, he just doesn't have the quality in the final third. If you want a, if you want a a a wing back to do what Rowett wants a wing back to do, there's no way. For instance, Marlon Romeo would have put that crossover for for. For, for Scott Malone to score that goal and there were two or three other ones that he put tantalising balls across but but unfortunately for us we had Bavardson up front who couldn't finish a bloody he couldn't finish a McDonald's that man could he
2: <laughs> I was expecting an innuendo about Katie Price there. You normally go down that avenue, but not today. So Katie Price doesn't get a mention. On um, Marlon Romeo, we've had a comment from Danny Stroud. I saw something from Marlon when he came on that I've not seen for a while. And that's getting tight to the wiener, actually putting his foot in. And I have to agree. I think that's within the first few minutes. He got his shirts muddy and got straight and bold, You know, like, and I think that is something to be read into, I feel like. Because it wasn't something he was doing beforehand either. And I agree with Danny there. Like, maybe the run of games and just feeling confident in the side that his place is kind of sewed up, Mickey. Maybe he's thinking, you know, I've got it under control here. There's no kind of, you know, pressure. Now Matt Amaro's coming, maybe, you know, he's a rocket up his arse, so to speak. I think Neil said that.
1: Danny Mac. Danny Mac's got to play. Um, he, just, he, he just seems to have something where he knows where players are. He, he has a look as he's running, puts his head back down and then a couple more steps and he just knows where they're going to be and he just sticks those balls in. Um, Romeo doesn't give you that. You know, you, you're you very hot and cold with Romeo. Um, I think use him as a sub like he did the other day. Bring him on 60, 65 minutes, swap him over. It then gives you a fresh set of legs for the whole game there, over there. Um, and just hope that, you know, Marlon wants to, um, you know, run and, and get involved in the game like he did on Wednesday. I think that's the easiest option with it.
2: So what about the midfield then? So if we're playing five at the back... I mean, I assume we will be. I imagine the midfield will be probably 3 man midfield, or it could be two. I imagine Thompson gets another game. I personally think I want Thompson in. Something that Adam's kind of actually mentioned about Danny McNamara, sorry, before we move on to midfield. I think Danny Matt needs to be needs to play to keep the momentum going for him. Nothing against Romeo, which, you know, something could be said about that, I suppose. You know, keep the players in that, you know, are playing well, and maybe just keep the form running and hopefully get a good result, which we were kind of speculating that, Maybe it might not make many changes, but I'd like to see our midfield maybe be, I think Woods might sit out and maybe we'll see Thompson and Leonard. I'm I mean, curious to see how Thompson and Leonard do personally. I, I don't think it's a natural combination that a lot of people see or witness or can imagine, because obviously they're two quite similar players. But I'd like to see the two of them try and play in the middle together, Neil. I don't know what you think about that one with the idea of them two maybe in the midfield.
3: I think... Recently, we've played better without Ryan Woods in there. That's not going down this Ryan Woods rabbit hole again. Otherwise, I think that me and Mickey might end up agreeing with each other on summer. <laughs> no, he says, Yeah, yeah, we're just well, it, mate. Uh, yeah, uh, Thompson has to start for me, and I'd quite like to see him and Ryan Leonard. Ironically, I think that Woods, uh, will he do that? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He likes certain types of players, doesn't he? And as we won the other night, and judging by the last Cup game, he isn't going to make too many changes. He's just going to freshen things up, I think, where he thinks they need to be freshened up. And does he think that Ryan Woods needs a rest? I don't know.
2: Probably not. I think a lot of people are saying um, Billy Mitchell, which I don't think Do he's fit. Is, I don't think he is yet. I, I've not seen anything online, I, unless I'm mistaken. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I've, I've read a few, a few previews earlier and I didn't see his name mentioned anywhere. I know you, he's back in training, and the same
3: with- played for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. Teamers, I think people say Connor Mahoney. I think they've been out for quite some time. So if you were going to, so if they were back and fit you'd have probably seen them play for the reserves in midweek or the development squad. So I I, I would guess that they're not fit. You can't, yeah, we can't start these people after being out for, for two or three months. Otherwise they're just going to be back at square one and suffering injury problems again, aren't they? I suppose
2: so. I think you're, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if, um, if he does get on the bench, maybe. I think the problem we had before with the under 23 games, I think that's actually where Billy Mitchell got injured again, didn't he, on his comeback from the summer? Um, I think he got injured in a 23s game. Or was it training? I'm not too sure. But I think he played a, a 90 minute game and I think actually pulled up injured again. So, yeah, it's, that's the downfall of that. But he does need an opportunity to get impressed and obviously get back into the side. I think Colin Mahoney, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced on Colin Mahoney and I haven't been for a long while. I think he, he shows glimpses of what he can do, which is obviously top draw for this level. But it just doesn't do it enough for me, which, you know, to to put a little phrase out there, I don't think Conor Mahoney is a middle-type player. (laughs) But I'm going to probably piss a couple of people off in the comment section for saying that one. But um, Matt MFC says here, we should have limited options in midfields. We change from week to week. Yeah, I I probably agree with that. And I think Danny Stroud's comment here, am I the only one that thinks Tomo is poor? Yes, he runs about, but when he gets the ball, he either falls over or just plays a woeful pass. On the falling over part, I think it was his boots on Wednesday night. I saw something online about it um, where he was having a bit of stick about it, but um, I think it's purely down to his boot selection on Wednesday, where he just kept slipping all over the floor due to the weather circumstances. So um, who knows? I mean, Ben Thompson, poor player for you, Mickey, or is he? Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think of Ben Thompson?
1: I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the best player in the world, but I think with Ben Thompson, what you get is you know you get someone who run their right out and and you know be uh, a solid spine for the team as such. You know you know what you're going to get with him. But ideally, he needs more games. Um, we've always said it, consistency is his biggest enemy. Um, hence why, you know, Portsmouth are still in the shout for him and trying to get him back on loan, even now as we're talking. Um, because they will give him game week in, week out. And we see seen how he is playing game week in, week out. Is he a championship player week in, week out? I don't know because, unfortunately, the managers, what we've had recently, just don't seem to give him the chance to play week in, week out. Um, I think if he got a good 30 games under his belt, we'd be able to judge him a lot better than than we can currently do it in a minute.
2: Any other thoughts on that, Neil? I mean, is it fair to judge him now based on a couple of games? Or obviously, I think, I imagine Danny Shroud's based him on a few games here, not just obviously Wednesday night. But what's your thoughts on that?
3: I wouldn't say he's poor. Yeah, he's not brilliant, but he's not poor. Uh, He's capable of playing at this level. He doesn't look out of place when he's at this level, which I think Tom Elliott did just going back to Tom Elliott.
2: (laughs) So Uh, I've pissed off one of Mahoney fans, you've pissed off Tom Elliott fans, I like it.
3: And the thing about Mahoney is Mahoney's very good if he's actually picking up the ball and driving at people. Yeah? Yeah, well, Mickey's... Mickey's got a fan. Yeah, well, is capable of playing at this level. You just need to, to be given a run of games at this level. I totally, totally agree with Mickey.
2: How about um, who do you play up front tomorrow? Who would be in your 11, uh, Neil? I think if we're saying 523 there'll be three forwards to choose from, or two wingers and a striker. What would be your opted pairing tomorrow?
3: I'd quite like us to change the formation slightly. I'd like us to start with two up front. So I'd like to see Zohor, mm-hmm. uh start. Uh, anybody but for. But for Vardson, to be quite frank, uh, I suspect that Parrott will play or Mason Bennett, and I'd actually like to see Jed play just in behind them because I I don't think it's really he, he needs he comes in field a lot, doesn't he, Jed? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd quite like to see us start uh, just actually, yeah, just actually try a couple of things out. Let's try to up front, but we need to be more creative. We've been saying it for weeks now, haven't we?
2: No, absolutely. I think interesting some lineup shouts here. I think uh, Barry Barry's completely play at least four four two with Smith and Alexander up front. Uh, I'd post, love to um, I'd, see Alexander. Neither can I, but I'd love to see Alexander get a game. To be fair, I would. I, I, I do want to see what he's about. I think obviously we saw him uh, one game at Wigan away at the end of that season where Billy Mitchell and Alexander both made their debuts. I personally would love to see what he's about. He scores goals in the 23s. I don't think he's a prolific goal scorer of late, but he's obviously got a bit of pedigree about him. So it'd be interesting to see when he does get his opportunity, if ever that's the case what he could offer. I think a lot of it is physicality with him that I've seen mentioned in the past. So I don't know if people or managers are worried about giving him the opportunity, not thinking he's kind of up to speed just yet. Maybe he needs a loan spell. We we're talking about loans earlier in the episode. So maybe that might be where it is. The boy with a front three, he's gone with Boratang, Smith and Bury. He was quick to carry out it, saying if there's 4-4-2, he goes Smith and Abdul-Malik, who um, is obviously the under 18, now under 23 striker. Not impressed, no? Or well, you just can't see it. Just cannot see it He will not try untested
3: strikers Up front in the FA Cup Yeah Yeah, maybe if we were playing Chorley at home Yeah, but I can't see it
1: Not not now Malik's just got an England call-up as well Under 17 So there's something about him
3: Oh yeah, no, there's something about him
1: Alex sorry, Alex, sorry. Malik. Oh, Malik, yeah.
3: Mm. But I just can't see him
1: playing. My if, biggest thing if, is, right, you're going to make hundreds of changes. Sorry, Mick. Well, no, no, my biggest thing is we've got some cracking players in the youth. I mean, you know, um, Danny, I think it is, or, or Du Bois and all that keeps mentioning a lot of the youth team. We've got some cracking players there who can score goals in their games week in, week out. And it just amazes me that we're moaning about not being able to score goals. And we've got these players here. Even if you're playing for twenty minutes at the end of a game, you know, even if we're winning one, two, nil, get these players on and just give them some time to start building, you know, building their time up. I just don't understand. Either nil um either Neil, either Gary doesn't like playing youth. Or, or there's something else there what we're not seeing, and I just can't understand. I mean, Alexander, Malik, you know, etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, they're all scoring goals, they're all playing really well, but they can't get a chance um in the first team for love nor money when we're screaming out for certain players. I think, I think it's- actually, that's because they've got players
3: blocking their way. They've got people like Bavardson in the way. This is and what if, Adam's saying here. And if you're playing Bavardson. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And some I agree with. If you're playing and hang 10 grand a week, you've got to try and use him, haven't you? And uh, the like of Matt Smith, who I think has been criminally underused. Mason Bennett can't get in our side for love nor money. He's got a player on loan from Tottenham. And it wouldn't surprise me in that loan agreement if there's a clause in there that if Troy Parrott is fit... Troy Parrott has to be in our squad.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
3: Yeah. Premier League sides will write that into your loan agreements. So not playing Troy Parrott is not an option unless you want to send him back. But then what do you do?
2: He doesn't score goals, though. He's not scored for us yet, has he? So, you know, that's the ultimate reality of it. If he... He
3: had to score a goal.
2: He doesn't deserve to be in the, in the team at the moment. I think everyone can agree with that in the chat. And obviously, us three here, you know, he's not playing because he doesn't deserve to be in the team on Wednesday night. I think if he proves, maybe he needs a goal. Maybe he needs that opportunity. But okay. I don't see it at the moment from him. Maybe, I this I said it in the previous show. Sorry, Mickey. But like, I mean, if you look at Harry Kane, right, a lot of people obviously compare him to Harry Kane. But Harry Kane had a spell at Lane Orient before coming to Millwall. And this that was his second loan spell. And I think you'll find with Troy Parrott, and I really do believe this. I think next season, after he's had his one goal in 30 games for Millwall, I do think he'll go on loan to another championship club potentially and score 30 goals and finish top goal scorer, go back to Spurs and suddenly start scoring goals for them. I just think it's a big learning curve, especially coming from Ireland a couple of years ago, going to Tottenham, then coming down to Millwall, who don't play the most attractive football, probably doesn't suit a lot of the way he plays. I think, you know, he will learn from this spell and I think he will come back after that in another club. I think Mickey wanted to say a point and then we'll come to you, Neil, but go on, Mickey. De the boy there, look.
1: You know, Adam Alec played up front with Lou Barry for England under-18s and then Barry gets his debut for Villa and he scores against Liverpool. You know, why is it that that player can suddenly go into it and debut in a full premiership team, but he's partner in crime in the England squad, can't get a game, can't get a sniffing? Surely... Something's not right there. Surely, you know, we, we I don't give a shit if Bodvarson or anyone else is in front of him. If you've got a player what can score goals or, or has got something about him and you can't get goals at the minute, then it's not rocket science to go, bring him in. Let's just give him 25, 30 minutes on this game and see what he's got. Because if England scouts are picking him up,
2: got something about him. Neil, did you have something to add about Troy Parrott in that scenario we were talking about there or?
1: Yeah, I was. I was
3: gonna say that none of our strikers deserve to be in there if you you know, if your uh, you know, if your criteria is strikers scoring goals, none of the cunts deserve to be in there really, do they? Because because none of them are scoring. I totally, totally agree with David Taylor. If we if we put the ball in the box to the give it to the kid and give the kid a chance in the box, let's see what he could do. Yeah. Absolutely right. Toby
2: Ronaldo is quite up front for
3: us. (laughs) Nobody would score for us up front because we don't create the chances. Troy Parrott has to drop so deep to bloody pick a ball up. He might as well be be,
2: be being goal half the time. Okay, so we're we're coming up to the hour mark, right? But this is probably back to my point, right? And this is something I actually really feel like needs to be mentioned a lot with our side, right? If you look at Conor Mahoney... He is the next person that's going to create chances for us, supposedly. He's either injured or he's out of form. And, you know, this is it though, isn't it? Like, you know, we're looking at it and we need to think of who we're trying to sign next or who we want to strengthen. We definitely need another creative outlet out there. And I'll put it to the chat because if you look at our, our 11 and if if we go with this five at the back, I think, and then you figure the rest of the side, you've got, the defence maybe picks itself at the moment if Leonard, Hutchinson and Cooper... We've got McNamara right-wing back, Malone left-wing back. I'm happy with that. The midfield is going to be Woods and probably someone next to him. Then that could be this new Birmingham side in that we're going to get. And then you're thinking the front three positions, the only one other one that's guaranteed there is Jed Wallace. Kensal Hall probably will take the other one. But that left side, that's where we're missing that creative spark. Mason Bennett comes in and he hasn't done it. And if you speak to Derby County fans, I've guessed it on some of their shows, you know, they say he's always been that player that's always been a nearly player. You look at Mason Bennett, he's played a few games for us, gets injured, scores a goal, gets injured. And I don't think it's necessarily purely down to his injuries, but he's always been a, a nearly player. And I think that's it. Like, you think on the left side of the pitch, that's where we're going wrong. There's no outlet there. Right side, we've always seen Romeo and Wallace perform quite well together. Matt is now performing. Malone scores a goal on Wednesday, which is a superb finish, by the way. But we're not creating chances down that left flank. And that's for me a real issue that needs to be addressed for us to then go forward going forward with this. And I've on, Neil. I'll let you say your piece. There, you had your hand up.
3: I'd quite like to see. As there's a guy at Exeter City called Randall, who can play left, right, and in the middle. And there is a championship club after him. Yeah, and they've turned down two hundred and fifty grand bid. Now then, if we want to sign and we want to gamble on a player from the lower division, that's the kind of player we should be looking at, because he's creating and scoring goals at a lower level. Uh, So...
2: So well, that's tried. Yeah, There's not a lot of love for Bavardson, is there? He's on the spot here, though. I think he's he's bang on. The and played up front for um Iceland in the Euros, and he's since then stole a living. I think he really has. He's he's lived off that and got his move to. I think it was uh, Wolves at first, then Reading, then Millwall. Um, James with an ambitious one here. Christian Eriksen on loan. I, I think even Tottenham have turned away because he's on three hundred grand a week at the moment. Um, on what I was saying there, the problem, uh, Danny Strah saying the problem lies in the way we go about trying to score goals. It's one dimensional, it's down the wing you know, and across it. How many times do you ever see an attempt to open up a team through the middle? I'd argue it's there when Woods gets time on the ball. If you look at Bournemouth away when Jed Wallace is through on goal, Woods picks him out beautifully and he's through on goal, and there's an opportunity there to score, which he doesn't take. On transfers, Ronan Curtis from Pompey might be worth a punt for the left side. I just think that's a real weakness for us. I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks it. Like, I'm hopeful Conor Mahoney becomes that player, but from what we've seen of him now for what is it? Two years he's been at the club, or is it one year? Sorry, it's it's, it's his second season, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he joined up with Harris and then left. I think and, he
3: arrived at the start of last
2: season. Did he arrive at the start of last that's season? Probably, and then so this it. So the best things that you know. I've seen Conor Mahoney do uh, once on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day against Luton where he's assisted a great goal and then he's also scored an absolute stunner. And then he's done it also last day of the season when there's nothing to play for against Huddersfield. I couldn't name you another game where Conor Mahoney's been instrumental. He's come on and had patches, but I've not seen him do it consistently. kiftonfield has been confirmed, apparently. Kifton Builds. I don't know if there's anything official on the club sites. I don't think there is. I'll check that whilst we're talking. But um, I think we're coming towards an actual close here, to be honest. I think. Have you got anything else, else to raise, guys, before we wrap up well, we tonight? Didn't, or...
1: We didn't end up doing a controversial side of it, did we? But, yeah, we we'll, um, we can do that next week. Save that for another time. Yeah, looking well, at Conor Mahoney's goals
3: when I was on a, a Bournemouth podcast a couple of weeks ago. And Conor Mahoney is quite effective when he picks a ball up and he runs at a defence in runs up the middle of the
2: defence. Something he never does, ever. You see him get the ball, trying to go for a little bit, and turns back. Right. Yeah, he turns the ball back and goes back to the centre-half or left-back. It's the consistency that's the problem. And I'd love to see him play. And then when you give him a run of games, I think this is what Matt's saying here, he's never been given a run of games, but then I'd say also, he's sometimes not available for a run of games. I think he'd play on the side right now if he was available, and he could prove his worth. But maybe it's just me being a bit kind of... Hasty towards him, but I think we've called it here. We've um, talked about everything here. You know, we discussed obviously the transfer rumors, obviously, the only rumor that we're aware of. Obviously, we're looking at Saturday's game we mentioned our starting 11 there's nothing official on the club site obviously I'm sure it'll be announced when the club's actually got it all done so I imagine it's close because we've heard things today about the training ground being busy so to speak and obviously the press are talking about it which is normally a good indication and it wasn't just that we've made a bid for him it seems we're in discussions with him so fingers crossed that gets over the line I think that's all from me guys uh anything else you two want to say before we go offline thanks for listening (laughs)
1: I've had a quick. I've had a quick check. I can't find anything. So um, we'll wait and see. But no, look. Thanks for listening. Um, we're back next week. Uh, get involved in our socials. Um, this show will go out as a podcast. Uh, hopefully by about ten o'clock, it will be ready for podcast. So if you want to listen back, take the dog for a walk, and then please do. Um, and just thank you from um, bottom of my heart, and thank you very much for everyone who's um, getting involved with the show, listening, getting comments retweeting stuff on socials um it is much appreciated and don't forget if you listen to it on the youtube or or, or or on the podcast just give us a five star rating it helps us out with uh, helping more people find the show so uh do that and leave us a review if you want to as well so uh thanks very much eight o'clock next week we'll be back and if you do want a guest on or you got an idea of a guest you want to see
2: just let us know who's that and you never know we might make your wish come true so uh, thank you very much and also check out our Into the Lions Den, which obviously uh, Neil was about to plug over by looks of it. Um, we also had also Steve Harley on Wednesday, but Into the Lions Den, great series, for various different players. We've also got a special guest lineup up for Wednesday, as we always do. So um, we won't reveal, or should we reveal who's coming on Wednesday?
3: Yeah, can I yeah, reveal?
2: Sure. Go on, then. who's coming on Wednesday? We've
3: got Marvin Williams on Wednesday. I spoke with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. And... Yeah, well, I know I say it every week that this interview is in a different postcode to other people that do Millwall former player interviews, but Marvin Williams was so open and there was nothing off limits with him. It really is a superb interview and it was an hour and a half. I think Mickey came in on the end of it. Mickey was listening to it as I was doing it and, he really is superb it really really is worth a listen yeah no, he's a good bloke yeah if you can leave us a five star rating and just write something underneath it helps immensely also
1: just write nil is a cunt <laughs> <You
2: know what? laughs> I'm going to wrap up here guys. Thanks for tuning in. We always appreciate your viewership and also thanks for listening on our on's podcast. We've um yeah, we've enjoyed it and it's only getting better and better so thanks for tuning in guys and see you guys soon.
0: Bye. Picture this. You're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator.
3: Uh, Okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull-patterned
0: saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes. And he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. (laughs) Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates
1: away days are great but there's
2: nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com
0: normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra